Hello and welcome to the Earth Speak podcast, where we're helping you hear your intuition, activate your earth magic, and connect with like-hearted people who get you. I'm your hostess, Natalie Ross, and our guest this episode is Catherine Soli, who you might know on Instagram as Persephone's Path. In this episode, we talk about therapy as magic, what poison is and how it is medicine, and working with plant consciousness. Our secret episode is about the overwhelmingness of being in these modern times. Catherine Soli is an herbalist specializing in poisonous plants and plant consciousness, a tarot reader, and a meditation enthusiast. She works to create community where people can reconnect with the ancient human lineage of plant-spirit communication. She gives voice to the almost forgotten medicine of poisonous plants through her courses and other offerings. Catherine will be teaching a workshop on poison plant medicine at Earthspeak, and this workshop is definitely for you if you keep repeating the same negative cycles in your life, or if being only love and light turns you off, or if you're being called to explore the hidden shadowy parts of yourself. I know we've talked a lot about shadow work and our shadow sides on the podcast, especially back when we were Dream Freedom Beauty, but for those of you who aren't really sure what that is, Our shadow sides hold our fears, doubts, insecurities, and wounds, and when we do our shadow work, these things become transformed and turn into our greatest strengths and our gifts. When we ignore our shadow sides, they continue to control our lives, and they're subconsciously pulling the strings, causing us to face the same negative patterns and problems again and again and again in those repeating cycles. Shadow work basically allows you to transform what's in your shadow And poison plants offer guidance in your shadow work, helping you to face what's holding you back with courage, clarity, and truth. Poison plants can help you reach the answers that are buried deep within that once realized transform you. In this workshop with Catherine, you'll be introduced to working with poison plants through plant spirit communication as they guide you to your whole true self. This is a skill that anybody can develop You do not need any prior experience with spiritual work, witchcraft, or herbalism. Everybody's welcome. And please note, very important, that Catherine will not be teaching how to ingest any of these plants because ingesting is an extremely unsafe practice under any circumstance, and she will also not be going over formulas or recipes for anything. You can sign up for just this workshop, or you can join the collective, which is our membership and community. It's an amazing space. And in the collective, you can access all of our workshops. Coming up in January, we are having a psychic herbalism 2.0 workshop, which we are very excited about. And yeah, the collective is just an amazing place to be, to connect with magical friends, to have support and accountability for your personal practices, and to open up your intuitive senses. So like I said, when you join the collective, you get access to all of our Earthspeak workshops as well. We have so many live weekly calls and we're doing monthly rituals that are off the hook. (laughs) And I think you're really, really going to love the collective if you love this show. I want to say thank you to Scarlet Crow and Emily Sprague for our theme music. And now enjoy the show. It's easier once you begin. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. I, to be honest, I mean, 
I'm always honest on here, I think. <laughs> I try my best, but I have been wanting to interview pretty much since I first came across you, but it just had to be the right time. And I, here we are and I'm freaking thrilled. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I've been um, listening to your podcast for like many years. So That's awesome. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, it was like the first thing I think I ever found that was kind of, that was a podcast that was about things that I was interested in. I hear oh, you. I mean, that's really like literally why I created it. I was like, there's nothing here I want to listen to. Like there was one podcast I liked, but it was all about law of attraction. I was like, okay, I want something a little bit more like witchy. And I'm so honestly, I'm really excited. Like we've been able to scale back. We only produce a show like twice a month usually. And I'm like, wow, it's so awesome. There's like hundreds of podcasts now. So it's such a wild world how quickly that stuff grows. So it's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, finally I can listen to some podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> so before we begin, would you like to set the space perhaps with an invocation or something? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I'm just gonna, it'll be just a little short one. Just I want to invite everybody, if you're in a space where you can, just to close your eyes and take in a few deep breaths. And don't be afraid to make it audible. And with each breath in, just feeling yourself arriving to this space, to this conversation. And with each breath out, just letting go of all of the, ah, the to-do lists, the circular thinking patterns, the worries, any kind of preconceived notions about what you think we're about to talk about. And just to the best of your abilities in this moment, just feeling yourself arriving here. And kind of imagine or sense the mind beginning to slow down, quiet down. All the chatter kind of settling. And you might notice the chatter maybe even getting louder. <laughs> That's okay. That's normal. To the best of your abilities, whenever you notice the mind just starting to talk about all kinds of things that it likes to talk about. Just redirecting your awareness to this moment, to your breath, sensations of the breath, chest rising with each in-breath, chest falling with each out-breath.
Breathing in, arriving here, breathing out, letting go. Before we open our eyes and come back, just taking a moment to recognize that that breath is here all the time. And anytime we start to feel ourselves getting dysregulated, we can always just come back to our breath. It's always here. It's this beautiful, <sighs> sacred anchor. It's built in mindfulness mechanism. And when you're ready, at your own pace, you can take in a deep breath and open the eyes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so I love to hear from folks. What is your ancestral lineage? I'm mostly I'm of European descent. Um, I have all different types of European descent in my matrilineal line. It's Russian, Polish, uh, Lithuanian, Jewish um, on my father's side. Irish, Norwegian. My last name is Norwegian. And uh, Scottish, Welsh. I think that's it. <laughs> but I didn't grow up like connected to it really. Like probably most um, white Americans, we have disconnection from our ancestral lineages. Right, right. When did you start learning about them? Uh, well, my grandma on my mom's side got into genealogy, or both my grandparents did when they retired. And, but actually, I think my grandma growing up, that same grandma, she was always like telling me about, oh, you're so diverse. Look at it. you have all these different <laughs> things in you. And um, she was excited about that. So I think I grew up with this story like, oh, look at all these different parts that I am. And, um, but again, like nothing, no tools to actually connect me to what that meant, except just a name. Yeah. 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 I feel you. I mean, I, on my side, I feel lucky because my grandma is from Denmark. So I learned some things from her, but even still, I ask her, I'm like, what's our ancestry? And she's like Vikings. I'm like, well, that's vague. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> So yeah. Um, have you in the, in recent times, you know, what's been something exciting that you've tapped into connecting to those, any of those lineages? Well, with the poisonous plants, um, most of the ones that I work with have, um, I could guess have my ancestors were probably familiar with and working with them. Um, you know, henbane is, uh, featured somewhat in Norse and Scandinavia. Um, 
the the vulvas, the like female shamans of uh, Scandinavia, of Norway. There's these burial sites where these primarily women are are buried with staffs and bags of henbane seed. Um, I have theories that this the name for henbane uh, in Norse is something. It's like bill. And so that's actually where we get Pilsner, is like Bilsner. It was this kind of, because uh, they used to use henbane in brewing until it was outlawed. But I also, I think that in Norse mythology, there's the rainbow bridge that goes to Asgard and it's called Bilrost. And I think it has to do with henbane. I think they were using henbane. That's my theory. I've never read that anywhere, but um, I think they were using henbane uh, shamanically to get to these kind of altered states of consciousness. Ooh, that's cool. Um, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I know I could like, and then like, and then Mandrake, I connect with my, the more that I kind of connect with my Jewish lineage, which is pretty unwell, I would say, like out of all of the lineages, um, but th- they worked with Mandrake. Uh, so the more that I kind of connect in with my Jewish lineage, the more that Mandrake kind of lets me see them. Um, and Amanita Muscaria is just, I mean, pretty much anybody, no matter where you're at in the world, <laughs> there's a, a variety of Amanita Muscaria that your ancestors were likely working with. I love it. It's so amazing. So much to get into. Okay, before we get into all that, because I know we're going to just spiral into some fun places. Um <laughs> So let's honor who, where do you live now and who are the original people of that land? Yeah, I, well, I just moved a month ago. Um, so I'm living in a new state now. I'm living in Iowa and I haven't had that much time to connect in with uh, the peoples, the original peoples of this land, but the Iowa people, uh, literally, <laughs> uh, Iowa um Sock and Kickapoo, I, I think, are specifically in this region where I'm from. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like I also want to name where I was living before in Rhode Island, where I lived for a few years. Um, the Wapanog and the Narragansett people were are still are still there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> cool. So I guess. One place, you probably get asked this a lot, but I think it's a good place to start for someone who's maybe new or has misconceptions about poison and poisonous paths. So what is poison? And then what does the poison path mean to you? And I think, yeah. That's such a good question that I've never been asked before. Like, what is poison specifically? Because... It's like, that's kind of getting to the root of it, really. Um, You know, it depends who you ask. Um, Paracelsus, you know, he said something like, uh, the dose is what makes the poison. So it doesn't, you know, anything, essentially anything, if you drink enough water, it, it becomes a poison. If you take something that's very poisonous, like monk's hood, um, sometimes called aconite as well, uh, Wolfsbane as well, um, which is highly poison. If you take it in the right dose, it can save your life. It can be very medicinal. And we have to be trained properly to do that. Um, so we're talking about physical poison. It's kind of a subjective thing. Um, 
And I really like that definition. I'm grateful to Paracelsus for saying that and that it kind of stuck around for so long. Um, when I'm thinking about poison, I, I use the phrase poison as medicine a lot in my work. Um, and when I'm working with plants, I'm mostly working with like the consciousness of plants. That's how I, especially with poisonous plants, I think it's important that we're working with, that we know how to communicate with plant consciousness because working with the physical plant can uh, be dangerous, uh, can be deadly. Um, so when I'm thinking about poison, I'm usually thinking about it more from a like psycho-spiritual perspective where... Um, like the Persephone myth, for example, um, where in, for anyone who's not familiar, the Persephone myth is this Greek myth um, where this young woman is kidnapped by the king of the underworld, Hades. She's taken to the underworld against her will. Eventually, she eats pomegranate and <laughs> leaves and goes back. And because she ate food while she was in the underworld, she's tied there for part of the year. Um, but she returns year after year in this cycle. And that's like the super short, simplified version of this. Um, but when I'm thinking about poisonous medicine, I'm thinking about this time in the underworld, um, this time that Persephone spent in the underworld and that she goes back year after year. And, you know, we all have these kind of cycles that we go through in our lives where we feel not so great, where we go through traumatic experiences, where we go through times where life just feels dead or dull or um, boring or painful. And eventually we always emerge. Uh, we have, you know, the springtime and we have times where we're feeling elated, where we feel like things are going well and feel good about ourselves and good about our paths. And inevitably we always will return back to these underworld times. Um, and to me, those underworld times are really some of the most rich times in our lives because that's where we really like learn who we are. Um, we take these experiences that really our society discourages us from having. Like if you're sad, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you know, uh, that's we could go down a hole. Another. Oh, I could spend hours on that. <laughs> But it's usually like if you're feeling sad, if you're having a difficult time in life, it's you're reacting to something that's going on in your environment and your psyche and your personal experiences to an event that may have happened. And it's normal to have to feel sad at times, to feel depressed at times, to feel angry at times, to feel hopeless at times. And um, it's to me, it's kind of like, well, what do we do with those times? Do we become someone who says like I'm a victim like this becomes an identity and it's like oh like it's why why is this always happening to me and just just becomes like mis like life becomes misery or can we kind of find the pomegranate can we find like the sweetness the nourishment in those experiences and use that to not only lift us out but also you know inform our times when we're in the spring and the summertime of the Persephone myth. Um, and I also want to say you can't force that. You can't be like, I think a lot of people try to do that of just like, well, I don't want to be sad. I'm just going to focus on the positive, just only light and love, only positive vibes only. 
and it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It might feel like it works. It might work on the surface, but we also have to kind of like really feel these things um, in order to emerge. So I don't know if that's a really long answer to your question, but but the poison, you know, that's the poison I'm thinking of as like these difficult experiences that we have. But can we turn it into medicine? Can we make it into a medicinal experience in our lives rather than just something that kills us? Mm, I really, really appreciate that. And like we could spend probably the whole interview just talking about like that process of being in the underworld and what do you do with it? How do you be in it? And how, you know, and, and just that process of how does being in the underworld really help galvanize your truth and allow that to come forward? Like we have a saying in the collective, someone one day was talking about, cause we've like have a check-in and she was talking about how She's like, oh my God, I just feel like I'm in the chrysalis and I'm just goop right now. And I feel like that's kind of an underworld experience too, of like everything's just kind of like, you're not, I don't know. I don't know. T talk more about that process of like, um, that galvanization. Well, it's like the tower card when you, when hearing that, like the goop, I'm like, oh, that's the tower card where it's all kind of fallen down, um, but, you know, recently also something I learned about old depictions of the tower card are that as the people are falling in older depictions, they would be planting seeds as they're falling. Um, and we kind of miss that now uh, in the Rider Waite, Coleman Smith deck, like the main deck that people are probably familiar with. Um, so that's, I, I like to, I just like knowing that. I feel like people should know that, that it's not just that you're having this destructive experience, you're having your world turned upside down. Um, I mean, everyone's different in working in that time, in the underworld's time. Um, I know some tools that have worked for me that I like to recommend is uh, body-centered psychotherapy. Like Oh, I second that. Yeah. Um, Hakomi psychotherapy, I think, is amazing. H-A-K-O-M-I. Um, yes, it's very good <laughs> in my experience. Uh, and there's a lot of room for kind of woo-woo type stuff uh, there. I, I, I just want to say, I, I'm in recently, just since a few months ago, started doing body-centered. Uh, like, I'm doing someone who's trained more in somatic experiencing, but I'm reading about Hakomi method. And um, it is so woo. I'm like, this is straight up stuff that I have learned in my woo world, but just applied and held and space held. And it's so amazing. And it takes it just a level deeper and further. I'm like this, everybody, I want everybody to have body centered psychotherapy. I agree. And, and it's so effective. Um, I've had sessions like as a client where I've worked through some really deep stuff. Um, and I think therapy gets like a bad rap because so much of it is kind of sucks. Like talk therapy <laughs> is good to a certain extent, you know, if you want to kind of figure out mentally what's going on, but you're not actually going to be able to process a traumatic experience by talking about it. Um, in some ways, I think, you know, you don't even need to understand what it is that you're processing in order to process it. Um, Probably other, some people would disagree with me on that. Um, 
Uh, I also really think highly of um, of psychedelics, <laughs> um, ayahuasca in particular, in terms of like working through trauma, um, working through difficult experiences in the proper setting, like with someone who is trained, with someone who's been doing it for a long time. I think like now psychedelics are so popular that everybody is like, oh, I'm going to lead a psychedelic journey for people. And they don't have the training. They don't have the experience. And I'm afraid of how that's going to like turn out or probably how that has turned out for some folks um, or just these like really minimal um, trainings that you can do. And then you're now you're like certified in, in what way? I don't know. Um, to hold space for people, uh, that kind of worries me. But um, if you find yourself, you know, in a situation where you can have access to elders and people who are trained in these lineages, um, and who it, it also is great if they have understandings of psychology and or like non-dual type awarenesses, uh, that can be super transformative and supportive during really difficult transitions or really any, even if you're feeling good, it's like one of the most amazing uh, medicines, experiences that we're privileged enough to have access to as human beings. That is just, we're in like this really weird hundred years or so where it's, been outlawed that's not gonna last it's like prohibition with alcohol you know but this is like so much better than alcohol i can't i can't even wrap my head around i mean i can i know why why people would want to make it illegal but uh it's it's medicine it's like medicine in the truest sense of the word um, and, and similarly if you don't want to actually take a substance there's there's this thing called holotropic breath work where you're basically hyperventilating, <laughs> which when I first started, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I will not do that. I'm not going to put myself in that state. It just sounds horrible, right? Um, but I've had profound, profound healing experiences doing that work, um, like going to like all the way down to like being born, like the trauma of being born. Um so, I mean, those are kind of like the three tools that I think highly of in terms of like going through that is, and uh, it, when you're in those times, you need support. Like we're, we're also unfortunately like, especially American culture, where it's like, just do it yourself. Um, it's, it's weak to need help. It's so toxic. This is like the only time in human history where we don't have community where we're all like, and, and especially now, like the last year, we're all so isolated. It's not normal. It's not natural. It's not um, how we're, how we've evolved to live. Um, and I think it just makes it even harder because we're also, this is like the first time, well, not the first time, but this is a time in human history where we're going through some really, really difficult stuff, everybody collectively. Um, a collective tower moment collective tower moment that's kind of been for like the last 2000 years or so but it keeps ramping up um it's like this year it's 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 
not good. It's not, I'm not feeling good about it. But, um, yeah, but, you know, yeah, we can't do it alone. And um, also a lot of those things, people make them accessible via, via sliding scale. Like even if you can't afford it, like so many therapists do sliding scale. Um, like I saw an amazing, amazing Hakomi therapist for a few years when I was living in Rhode Island. Um, she took my insurance. It was free. It was free to me um, for all that time, for once a week. Uh, so, and my insurance was, you know, the like, well, I don't know, Obamacare, whatever, you know, where it's, I'm not like paying in very much at all. So, um, these things are accessible where I think we're like conditioned to think that's only for people who can afford it, but there are options. Like so many practitioners offer sliding scale. I just like to say that because I hate the thought that this could be inaccessible to anyone. Um, I mean, time is obviously something where it, that can be harder for people to fit in, but, you know, I don't know. I have to ask, like, or I have to wonder, like, do we want to put the time in now or do we want to put the time in later once things have gotten so much worse and we're forced to? Right. When you're forced to face your inner demons. Yeah. I just want to say, I love this, like, before our interview this morning, I was thinking about, I was like, how can I help make therapy like free to everyone? I'm like, that's a crazy idea, Natalie. But seriously, like, I feel like this, we're not meant to do it alone. Like there's things that only we can do for ourselves, but that doesn't mean we have to do it alone. And, and even if you have therapy, they're holding space, like the space, I like to say the space is the medicine. It's like they're holding space and helping you expand into your own, I guess, expanded perception and I said you expand twice but it really is like having access to those parts of you that do know how to help that part of you that's fragmented I mean it's so magical therapy is magic y'all like I hope someone listening hears this and they're like okay I'm gonna go get a therapist finally yeah I I hope so too it's it's amazing just what like a little a little thing that a therapist can say uh or really anybody can say that can just be like whoa okay um just these this little you know even just acknowledging suffering you know I've had so many times where I'm just like explaining to a friend or something where I'm like I'm like really sad about this or this is really stressing me out and just having someone say oh it sounds really hard or like oh like yeah just acknowledging rather than like trying to fix it or be like no that's not it's that's not true or you know it's uh amazing just what these kind of little gestures can do and and in therapy it's like um if you have a good therapist it's uh i don't know like on speed i don't know what's supercharged supercharged that's exactly the word i was looking for yeah Mm -hmm. cool well y'all get a therapist (laughs) i also if i can say too about that kind of like underworld space is that um i speak kind of lightly about it i guess or just in this moment maybe i am but it's really hard that's like the hardest times in our our lives and i just want to acknowledge that too because i know probably a lot of people listening to this right now are going through those moments because i know so many people right now are going through it i 
um, there's just a lot happening collectively. And then when we compound that with what is happening anyway in our personal lives, it's just so many of us are just holding so much and having those underworld journeys right now. And um, like I, I see that and um, I know it's not easy. And But it's 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 natural uh, and normal, and, and there will come a time where where we emerge on the other side. Um, so, well, I, and I'm hearing you, and I'm thinking of like our othering and kind of suppression and denial and pathologize pathologizing. Is that how you say it? Making it do a pathology. Uh, of of these underworld moments and experiences and like of these, you know, the kind of shadower times of our lives is such a symptom of our linear society that doesn't even see cycles, that doesn't even acknowledge. It's so linear and it's so just one note of produce, produce, produce and always be at maximum. And like, we're not, like nature's not, we are we are nature we are not meant to be like that it's and even just as a person in a female body who bleeds every month like i feel like i go through an underworld seven days before my period every month like i'm like oh my god everything sucks i'm never gonna make it in my life like i'm never gonna da -da -da -da. And then i'm like oh I'm, i look at my i'm like oh i must be about to get my period i look at my i track it and i'm like oh okay good okay i'm gonna make it through it's like oh what a it's tough, but also what a gift to have that cycle so many times to be like, oh, okay, a little mini experience. Like, we're going to make it through to the other side. Two weeks from now, we're going to be flying high. It's cool. Let's make it through this. <laughs> you know? So like this, the, the, we've really been, you know, so disconnected from the cyclical nature of being. And I think this is an important acknowledging this and then just doing our best to like, get find those pomegranate seeds as you say in these cycles like that's huge huge and that's so um anti-patriarchal too you know so sub subversive to the system to be like no i'm in the fucking underworld moment and i'm gonna just do what i gotta do here yeah yeah and uh oof, my mind is like <laughs> I was before we recorded my I was telling Natalie my cards I pulled some tarot cards it was like be patient slow down because there's a part of me that I'm just ready to like tear down everything happening in our world but um so it's like complicated too I, I just I also feel like I have to acknowledge that that there's I mean what do you it's it's there's we're all kind of at these different places too where like someone who's yeah ex working 80 hours a week working multiple jobs and still isn't able to like make ends meet you know it's it's so much they they're at such a like disadvantage in, in getting this healing work it's there's and then i think about like at the world at large like people working in factories for 20 hours a day doing you know just the horrors that happen like outside of the U.S. I think we're not usually like in the U.S. We're not exposed in our news to what's going on in other parts of the world. But I just am like, I want everybody, everyone, no matter where, no matter like where you're born into, what body you're born into, to 
be able to have the opportunity to do this work and I don't know how we're going to get there. It feels, I don't know. Um, but the poisonous plants. I was going to say, I was going to say, tell me about how poisonous plants factor into all this. Um, well, poisonous plants, you know, the reason why we're talking about all this in relation to poisonous plants is because in my experience in the plant world, the poisonous plants are the underworld plants. They're the plants that, Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so grateful for them. <laughs> I'm so grateful to them. I'm thinking like, I'm just feeling like the Torah. I know probably many people are familiar with this plant out of all the plants. Like when I teach my classes, uh, the Torah is the one that brings people to this work, like the most by far, like by far, by far. And Detour is just showing up, I think, for a lot of people the past few years. And um, Detour is one that I feel like is happy to guide us, you know, on a spirit level into these spaces and be like, okay, here's where we are. It's okay. We're going to go this way to just be this, this support through the underworld process. And that's something, you know, you can work with flower essences, with poisonous plants, you can work with other, you know, you can work topically with poisonous plants. Um, but it's also free to do plant spirit meditation, to do plant communications, and um, it's, it's accessible to anybody. Do you mean for plant spirit communication, like to just call on the spirit of that plant, essentially? Yeah. Without having to have a physical representation of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like the first year I was working with poisonous plants, I didn't have any plants. I didn't have essences. I didn't have uh, salves or oils or anything. And um, I was just working with the, the consciousness of the plant and got really beautiful insights from them through that. Um, and that's something I love, you know, about plant consciousness, that it's so accessible to, to anybody, anywhere. You can be in a jail cell. You can be in the beach, you can be in the forest, you can be sitting in your apartment, in your studio apartment in the middle of the city, and you can close your eyes and call on these plant, you know, these the consciousness, the, the vibration. I don't even really quite understand yet what they are, but you can call on them and uh, they come, they come. Tell us about your experience of sensing them. Like, when you call on a plant spirit, how do you know it's that plant spirit connecting with and you're not just like, quote, making it up? Because I think a lot of people really struggle with this. Um, well, I think the big thing with that is practice, is to keep doing it. Um, and trusting, trusting your intuition. Um, I like to encourage different like cross trainings and different intuitive trainings, um, like meditation mindfulness is super helpful because um if your mind is clear you're more able to hear what's the plant coming through therapy also is another thing like processing your traumas is another thing because uh you're less likely to get pulled into 
you're less likely to project your your anxieties, your fears, your desires onto a plant if they don't have as much pull over your um, psyche. So like, I mean, I've heard, you know, I, you can go kind of like with the extremes of that is, is sometimes I think people uh, will think plants are talking to them and it's really just their fears or their desires. So like, like at one extreme end, a fear could be the plant told me it wants to kill me <laughs> or, you know, or the plant told me I'm a bad person. Like, the plant's not, they're not going to tell you that. Like, it's just- yeah. If you're getting that kind of stuff, that's probably your own bullshit inside your head. Not to minimize it, but to just name it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then at the other end, we can also get where we we might think a plant is telling us that we are the incarnation of Shakti Shiva, where like divine queen goddess, you know, these like really grandiose things, which um, maybe there's, you know, of course, like we all are to some extent those things, but um, there's like a nugget in there. But sometimes I think people can get like messianic, like delusional kind of about thinking the plants are telling them things that really they just you know, want to hear. And, and those are kind of like the extreme ends, but then there's all these different shades in between where um, it's kind of like with tarot, like you want the cards to like, like I, I remember, like I've given readings to people where they have, um, are having relationship issues and they'll have like the three of swords, the 10 of swords, like all these kind of, or the tower, like all these, if you're not familiar with tarot, like all these kind of worrisome (laughs) signs i would say and then um they'll be like well maybe this is good because this is gonna help me wake up this is gonna help me transform you know like just kind of taking information and trying to manipulate it into like fitting what they want to hear it's like how people take the bible and like manipulate it into their own agendas um i mean we do that most people do that in like subtle ways all the time. Oh, I mean, it's a amazing coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, over time, the, you just know, you just know this is the plan or it's, or it's not. And, and other kinds of things where you're using your intuition, like tarot, again, can be helpful learning how to read tarot, meditating, therapy, um, any kind of, a divination kind of thing where you're using your intuition all those are helpful um like cross trainings for for plant spirit communication yeah i like to say it's like learning a language that only you know you have to learn those it's like yeah so tell us about how well okay what's a plant that's been you've been really connecting with lately and how do you sense it and what kind of um awarenesses has it been bringing Mm. let me just like check in i just want to see Um. well i've been like in my own life i've been going through just a lot like in my where there's just a lot of change and like moving across the country and my little old man dog is sick and all these just little, you know, personal things happening. So it's been, uh, 
sometimes in moments like that, it can be harder to connect in with the plants. So it's funny because the first thing that came to my mind was the coffee plant. Because <laughs> I usually don't drink coffee, but I've been leaning on it because I've just had so much that I'm trying to get done. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I have my coffee right here. <laughs> I mean, and that's such a common, people don't realize it's like, that's a plant medicine. It is. Yeah. And, um, and a powerful one. Um, mm -hmm. And a delicious one. I know a delicious one. <laughs> um, yeah. I recommend to anyone, if you drink coffee, if you drink like green tea, black tea, do a meditation with that plant spirit because it's still a plant spirit if you like smoke cigarettes, you know, connecting with the tobacco spirit. Um, and coffee is, you know, a plant that's really been abused a lot too, um, like massively abused. And um, yeah, humans are abused in the process of making it too. So you, you know, want to be like careful about where you're sourcing it from and the coffee will tell you, you know, like if they're happy or not when you, I know that sounds, I'm, it feels really nice to be doing an interview with a place called earth speak because I'm like, I guess I don't really have to explain to people that plants talk. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I literally this morning was thinking about how, how it's so weird. Sometimes I remember that pe most people in the world don't really see, they see plants as like these inert. Yeah. As objects. Like, what? <sighs> so, yeah, you're in good company here. I know. It feels like relaxing. Okay. So, yeah, by the way, guys, did you know that plants can communicate with us? <laughs> Not only that, they already are and they have been your whole life. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, coffee. They'll, I mean, they'll communicate. They'll let us know, like, you know. You can get it. Like, I love what you said. And that's exactly what I would say, too, that um, it's like a language that only we can understand because the plants communicate with each of us through our own um, lenses, through our own experiences. So I might get an image and it means something to me that I, and then I have to interpret it. And then you might get, you know, words or you might get an image that means something to you that wouldn't really mean the same thing to me. So you have to kind of interpret what's the plant saying um it's a fascinating it's like a fascinating language because it's not like what i'm doing right now where i'm speaking these words in english it's like this magical kind of language it's it's like the language of dreams kind of where it's different for everybody to some extent there's definitely crossover there's definitely you know it's not like a total free-for-all there are is there are some like you know rules i guess to it but um yeah yeah it's different and that's another kind of great cross training is studying symbology because then you can understand well what is this saying if you, if you have a better understanding of uh the language of, of symbology too and uh, and I'm, he I'm hearing you speak all this and it links right back around to what we were talking about like therapy is magical literally because your body for me, okay, I'm going to speak from my experience. Like it, I hear my intuition through my body and also through just like cognition and also clairvoyance. I have a lot of psychic senses activated, so I've been at this a long time. So, but um, it's like the body therapy. 
oh my gosh, it's helped. And just like you were saying of, of like, you know, integrating and healing your trauma and, and giving that space to, to, you know, come out and be expressed and flow and move through. Like that has allowed my body to have even greater sensitivity and awareness to how the plants are speaking to me. Like even before I imbibe something and I can like hold something and feel in my body if my body wants it. And if that plant or, you know, everything is some sort of being that we eat, some sort of creature, you know, whether it's a plant or an animal, I can like feel it in my body and feel like feel that connection without even having to taste it or eat it or experience it at this point. It's like, whoa. And then I'm not, I'm just going to say here, just, I'm not the best at always honoring what my body wants, but I at least check in and I kind of have a conversation. I'm like, well, if I do, my mouth wants this and my mind wants this. So if I do it, is it going to like destroy you for the day? And it's like, no, I'm like, okay, are you cool? Can we do it? And they're like, okay. But like, I can't do coffee on a regular basis. It wrecks me, but it's so good. So it's just a trial and error, right? Me too, but it's, it's, I gotta get off it. It's like, uh, it just, I fell into it with the move of uh, just wanting to push myself beyond what I should. And just, yeah, it's, I get it. I mean, this morning too, I was like, I want some caffeine. And I was like, body was like, oh, you could have some cacao. And I was like, well, actually, I'm just going to not even, it's so, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. Wow. So tell us more about, um, the way that poisonous plants like i just i want to say how do they the word that comes to mind is support but maybe that's not the right word but like how does engaging with relationships with poisonous plants support us through our underworld experiences like i kind of logically i would think like oh if i'm going to connect with this poison plant it's going to take me into an underworld experience but like i don't know maybe maybe like and what are some misconceptions around all of this work that you do? I mean, that's like five big questions in one. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, let's start with like, how do they, I don't know, whatever's coming up for you. <laughs> um, well, the, so like, how do they support us? I'll start there in our underworld work or an underworld journey. That's kind of just, you know, I'm using that interchangeably with like difficult time you're going through in your life. Um, so I found pretty, because I've been doing these, I do this six-week online course, and I've been doing it, I've had, I don't know, probably a thousand people go through it at this cool. point. Cool. And yeah, <laughs> I know. And when I started it, I was like, no one's going to sign up for this. I'm not, like, this isn't going to run. Who wants to learn about this? And it's like, the plants told me our time has come, and it's true, I think. Yep. Um, but what I hear from people again and again, and this was for me too, is, um, they just show up <laughs> like they show up right before people go into like difficult periods or they show up while people are in the midst. And, and this can be, you know, I'll give the tour again as an example, say one day someone, you know, they see a picture of the Torah, they're scrolling through Instagram and they're like, it's a beautiful flower. If you don't know what Datora looks like, Google it right now. <laughs> like pause this, look it up. Actually don't use Google, use DuckDuckGo or some other search engine anyway. But, you know, look it up. It's, uh, oh God, beautiful. Um, it's a gorgeous plant. It's it's amazing. And it smells, if 
like divine heaven amazing um so yeah someone might see a picture on instagram they might maybe come across this podcast they might you know be walking down the street and and like i someone once like years ago described a tour as having tractor beams and they totally do i've experienced this where i'm just walking down the street and just out of the corner of my eye or i maybe i'm not even seeing it visually all of a sudden i'm like and i can see like 300 feet away there's a detora plant then it just like sucks you in and um anyway i've just heard that from different people and then hi here i am um i've heard it from a lot of people that like the poisonous plants and not just detora but you know henbane or belladonna or amanita or mandrake or brugmansia like all these different um hellebore yew tree foxglove all these different friends um and then I've also heard from people who maybe start like the six week course and feel like pretty good. <laughs> they're like, with by like week two, they're like, oh, okay, this stuff that I've been ignoring or I've been waiting to process my whole life, maybe now it's like right in my face, like the plants are taking me right to them and I can't ignore it anymore. Um, so these plants are, are transformative. They can, they can be if you engage them in that way. It's like the tower card. Like if you engage that, that card, it's, trans it's like a Saturn return. Like I'm sure a lot of people have gone through a Saturn return or maybe going through, them going through one now or are coming towards one. Um, that's when that's when the poisonous plants showed up for me. It was during my Saturn return. They just, it, it's kind of like that. It can, it can they can be like that. Um, but I think what's so wonderful about them too is, um, so for example, if you're someone who's visual in your journeys, you might get images show up. You might like journey with henbane, for example. You might see images of like dead bodies or rotting corpses or just thing like violent things. Um, that would normally, if you're actually seeing them in real life, would be extremely traumatic and disturbing. But in the journey, it's uh, they're like it's symbolic. It's you know that change is happening, and you know it's time to kind of let these things die that you might be holding on to. It's time to uh, face the, these things that are rotting in the depths of your psyche and it becomes safe and uh, beautiful, actually, which I know may sound strange to some people or sound off-putting, but, or sound like I'm like just some like goth, <laughs> like, like I just, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm really not like a person, like I've never, I'm like a rainbow and like hearts and, you know, like Lisa Frank girl, <laughs> like that's, you know, kind of more my, but, but I know that those things are, you know, okay and, and healthy and natural and normal and they're just symbolic. And, um, you know, I've had like Datora show up in different ceremonies or different therapeutic experiences that I've had and just kind of like holding me, just kind of like imagining like having Detora's back on my arm, like, oh, it's okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna walk down this corridor, we're gonna see what's at the bottom of these stairs, we're gonna, you know, do this work and uh, 
they're just supports. They're very supportive and reassuring in those spaces. Yeah. Does that answer that question? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think you're, um, I want to share how they show up for me. And it's that I feel like they literally open my awareness to things that I never otherwise would have seen. And I think it's cool. And like, I'm actually working with your henbane. I've had it for over a year now in the henbane essence. And I remember like last year, so at the kind of in late summer, early autumn, it was henbane showed up again and again, and I ignored it. And I was like, I'm not going there. I don't want to. <laughs> like, I know I could even feel it was like calling us some ancestral stuff. And it's like, I'm just not ready. I don't know, whatever. And then one day, it was actually at the Witch's Confluence, which is in San Francisco. I was talking to someone who um, was within, I don't know, who knew who I had taught in a course, but I had never met in person. It was so cool to meet her in person. And we were talking and she's like, yeah, I just got this henbane essence. And it like, like, I was like, oh, like, bull, didn't like bowl me over, but I was like, oh, okay. I like can't ignore it anymore. It just something, you know? And so that night I went home and bought your essence and I even, it's stayed on my like little magical shelf there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to work with you. And finally I was like, okay, I'm going to work with you and started doing it. And it was actually such a beautiful experience. It wasn't scary or heavy or dark i mean stuff comes up but i started working with it in dreams and it just opened up new awarenesses and helped me even i like asked the plant spirit to help me remember the important stuff in the morning too and it just brings through things that that pers like that perception is healing in itself it's so wild so i just want to share that too and and like kind of full circle too of how your medicine has been a part of my journey and i am grateful that there's people like you making this stuff yeah i'm i'm happy to hear that it feels good to know that that's a part of your medicine um and hunting is also if i may say like very tends to show up in my dreams and people's dreams like there's some plants that seem like they want to be in the dream realm more than others. Henbane is definitely <laughs> one of them. Mm. Mm. I'm wondering too, like with these poison plants, uh, I don't, I'm like, I want to know more about the like energetic, uh, like what's the word? Like, what is that energetic signature almost that they carry? It's almost like they kind of collectively as a group have some sort of energetic signature that makes them such potent allies through a, a difficult time. And what is, and maybe we don't need to know, but I mean, I'm like the incest, I like need to know, like, what is that molecule? Like, ah, you know, I'm like, what is that energetic signature? And I don't, is anything coming to mind? I mean, okay, if there's not, it's just totally throwing this out there. Well, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is poison. <laughs> that it's like poisonous. Um, if you want to talk about more like 
of biology. I mean, for the nightshade plants, there's they hold in the the poisonous nightshade plants. So the nightshade family is like also potato, tomato, eggplant. Um, you know, it's but also also has tobacco. But for poisons, you know, it's henbane, datura, uh, belladonna, brugmansia, mandrake, and many others. Um, but it has something. The poisonous ones have something called tropane alkaloids in them, um, which uh, are part of what makes them poisonous and also what makes them delirious. Um, so if you ingest them, you will uh, they're delirious. They're not. I don't. I don't really like to call them psychedelic um, because it's not like taking like psilocybin or LSD or ayahuasca or something like that. It's like a delirium and it's not necessarily like a complete break from reality. Yeah. It's, it's where, yeah, it's, uh, and that's where a lot of people get into trouble. So I know that I, I and this is also a good opportunity to say, don't ingest these plants. Like unless you're a part of a lineage long time, you have like a, a deep relationship and you're in the proper setting with someone who knows what they're doing, uh, which is really rare to find, don't like play around with ingestion please <laughs> please 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 it's you know you'll probably regret it um but yeah i mean the poison the tropane alkaloids the, the actually that they're poison um because other plants that aren't in the nightshade family also like the yew tree um really holds something special um that's unique to poisonous plants. There's something, there is like a signature that they have and you can even kind of see it when you look at them. There's a certain mm -hmm. look to, a lot of times I look at a plant and I'm like, oh, that's poisonous. Like I can just see the poison <laughs> in cool. it. And there's certain things like that. You said something too, you said a break from reality and I almost feel like I wonder if they're helping us break from what we think is reality and help us face actual reality of our truth. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When we're working on like with the essences or something, yeah, they can kind of, but the, the delirium effect is uh, different. It's not like, I mean, it can, I have to be really careful what I say too. No, I mean, I'm not advocating for delirious or anything. I'm saying like in a consciousness, in a consciousness way of like that same effect, just um, like working with plant spirit medicine, not making you delirious in a delirium way of breaking from reality, but of like, um, I feel like I'm almost seeing them like pulling up weeds in us that have grown there or from like the patriarchy almost. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm totally just make this is maybe my definition now that I'm just making up right now. Cause it's totally could be not aligned for someone else, but just seeing this kind of like, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just keep exploring that too. Like what is that energetic signature? And yeah. Yeah. I think pulling up weeds makes sense to me and and just kind of getting to the roots of things like getting to the the depths of things you know like even kind of coming back to the persephone myth and and hades as as king of the underworld and it, hades doesn't just rule the underworld he rules like everything below ground so it's like everything that we kind of like can't see um 
and that's you know where I feel like the poisonous plants too can bring us to the things that we can't really see uh usually with our like day-to-day thinking minds Mm, I love that I think you nailed it there there it is (sighs) cool well I feel like I could talk to you about this forever um (laughs) me too you have to I'm like anyone if you try to talk to me about what if you ever see me out in the world you try to talk to me about poisonous plants you'll probably regret it (laughs) I won't stop talking about it (laughs) well and maybe um you know I want to talk to you about foxglove and I'm just I'm this is totally selfish and self-centered because I have fallen in love with foxglove and I don't I'm like just tending it and growing it and just like I don't, there's just something about it's the body of it. it's just like oh I don't quite know yet and I've just been sitting with it and like it's it's I'm infatuated and it's just it's not even the flower yet it's just like the leaf base so I mean I almost don't want to like ask you like what is it or anything because I don't want it to be given away but but do you have some words to say on foxglove oh yeah (laughs) so even so foxglove you know so you're in the first year where it's just the rosette so you can can you tell it's poisonous can you like there's something even when it's just those leaves there's like this color there's this kind of vibe to it it's like I don't want to eat that I don't know. I'm going to have to go sit with it and really see because you'll see there's something to it where it, it tells you they tell I'm you. obsessed with touching it. <laughs> you know, it has that like nice so soft. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could say a lot about foxglove. I, foxglove is kind of, I think, a unique one in the uh, poisonous plant world because it feels like it's probably out of all the ones that I know that I have a relationship with, all the poisonous plants, foxglove is the most like light and um, lovey and um, I mean it definitely has its uh, cuttingness and fierceness i'll say at times but uh, it's very much associated in folklore with like fairies with um you know foxglove is comes from folks glove like fairy gloves essentially um it has like a million different names associated with fairies like um fairy gloves fairy petticoats fairy weed um fairy bells, all these different kinds of folk names, um, associating it with these, you know, nature spirits, basically. And I think you can definitely feel that when you spend time with the foxglove. There's a little, like, <laughs> kind of playfulness. Um, another cool thing about foxglove is its connection to the heart. Um, so in i think it was it was either the 1700s or the 1800s yeah this this guy was studying this like kind of western doctor was studying um dropsies studying heart conditions and he had this patient and he was like oh this patient's gonna die 
And the patient wants to go see this, what he called like, I think a gypsy woman or, you know, something. I know you're not supposed to say that, but that was what he used, like some. Uh, his term, not yours. His term, but, you know, some like folk healer, basically some woman. And uh, she got this remedy and from this, this folk healer and recovered. Um, and he was like, okay, why is this working? So he went to go talk to this, this folk healer and uh, found foxglove was one of the ingredients. So he started studying it and he kind of, uh, what's the word, like not synthesized, but uh, isolated uh, digoxin and spent like 30 years, he spent 30 years studying foxglove and its effects on the heart. And even now um, our one of the leading heart medications, like if you have heart issues, it probably has uh, digoxin in it, um, which is synthesized from foxglove. Um, I think that medicine is starting to fall out of favor, but uh, so so literally like, and, and a lot of these poisonous plants, like in the nightshade family too, they have their use in, in modern allopathic Western medicine where they're extracting alkaloids and things um, and using it. Like if you've ever had your pupils dilated, it was probably atropine, which came from belladonna. You know, if you've ever had surgery, it was probably also, they used atropine to like dry up your uh, mucous membranes. Like, there's just all these different things that, you know, the yew tree taxol is uh, extracted and it's used in um, chemotherapy. So there's all these different things that come from literally poison as medicine, even in modern allopathic Western medicine. But um, yeah, foxglove is also extremely poisonous. Like if you try to make like a foxglove tincture and use it for a heart condition, you'll die. Um, so of of heart. Oh, you won't have that heart problem anymore. Yeah, you'll it'll like explode your heart basically. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's the the dose that makes the poison. Coming back to Paracelsus again, um, but you know, we think of energetically too. Foxglove has an amazing connection with the heart. I find um, for like if you're feeling brokenhearted, if you're having heartache, if you're feeling um, like wanting to connect more in with unconditional love and, and those kinds of qualities. Foxglove is, is this wonderful medicine and it's definitely has a unique imprint out of all the poisons. There's something really like sweet about it. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I'm looking at, so I pulled up my notes here and when I sit with it, I feel excited and I feel like this luscious, vibrant, exploding with life. Like I just feel like this, like, ah, and I also start to notice really small things when I'm sitting with it, which is, and very, I feel very whimsical. So, um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. I know. And isn't that so cool? So basically what you're just describing is kind of what I was just describing, especially like the fairy kind of stuff. And that's, isn't that so cool? I still, I, will, I hope I never tire of that, of just, people having these insights from plants, it doesn't matter if they know anything about the plant or not. They still, the plant communicates to us. It's amazing. If only we know how to listen. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, well, thanks for sharing about Foxglove. I'll keep you updated on any 
cool. I mean, <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Oh my god! Like I want foxglove everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I support that wholeheartedly. And they'll they'll keep self seeding. Like if you plant oh, them good. in your garden, they make hundreds of seeds when they flower. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm in a rental house, but hey, y'all in the future renters. Yeah, who, even if you are not like us, people plant it as an ornamental. It's a beautiful flower. So beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. Ugh. Okay. I'm obviously obsessed. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Cool. Well, you know, I'm very excited because anyone who's listening is like, okay, I'm willing to experience this realm. They can get a taste of it. They can get a taste of it through you have all kinds of cool offerings all the time that people can check out. And I'll ask you your website in a second. And it will, of course, be linked in the show notes, but also... We're doing a workshop with you. You're teaching a workshop. And it's basically, you know, a little little intro to poison plant medicine and giving people just a taste of whether this is something they want to go deeper into. And do you want to share anything else about that or Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to I'm always get I'm always excited when I get an opportunity to talk about poisonous plants. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be really nice. We're gonna, you know, uh, I'm going to talk, I'm going to do like a little lecture piece, talk about uh, plant consciousness, talk about poisonous medicine, talk about, um, then we're going to, you know, kind of sit with the plants. We're going to do some plant uh, consciousness meditations and get to see what uh, the plants want to say to us. And then we'll kind of, we'll get to talk about it. It's, uh, it'll be nice. And it's it, it'll be one of the coolest things, I hope, or what's the coolest for me is to get to hear people's experiences with the plants. Um, and I think, yeah, it'll it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Yay. And then if someone's missed that, then, you know, you you offer all kinds of cool stuff from, you know, one-off workshops to like whole courses and series and you have products and things. So what what do you offer and where can people go to find you? Yeah, um, well, they can go to my website, which is my name, katherinesoli.com. Um, on Instagram, I go by Persephone's Path, uh, which is kind of hard to spell if you're not familiar. <laughs> I, I think if they little... just type in P-E-R and It'll come up. You, my little yeah. brother was like, Persephone, what is this? No one's going to, when I was first starting, he was like, no one's going to know what this is. <laughs> but that's basically how it's spelled. But um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I teach classes. The main thing that I really like focus on is I have this six-week course. We meet online and um, each week we talk about one or two different poisonous plants and we journey with them. Um and yeah, we're able to dive pretty deeply into it. Um, and I have a level one, which is what most people take, but I also have a level two where we go even deeper. And then um, hopefully next year I'll be starting a level three. Um, I also have a Patreon, um, which is also my name, patreon.com slash Catherine Soli, where I have um, lots of different things. I have monthly herbal care packages that I ship, uh, ship out each month. And then I have a a library of little video classes where I talk about all different kinds of things from poisonous plants to plant consciousness to tarot to 
um, heart medicine to all different kinds of things. And um, that, you know, starts at $2 a month. Um, and then I also, on my website, katherinesoli.com, I also have a shop where I sell essences of poisonous plants and other medicines um, because because I want to and I like to, but also it's important to source, even though it's an essence and you're not actually ingesting the physical plant, I think it's important when you're getting poisonous plant essences to get it from someone who is knowledgeable about the plants because I've I didn't used to say that until I heard a story about someone basically getting accidentally poisoned from an essence. So I, um, not one of mine, but, um, and I'm not the only one who. One they bought on the streets. Yeah, on the streets. <laughs> I'm like picturing a guy in a trench coat and he like opens up. You want some Belladonna? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Belladonna would approve of that, honestly, but. <laughs> She's like, duh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. I do too many things. It's a lot, a lot of different places to find me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll link to all of them so people can easily just go boop boop pop. And yeah, yeah, and come check out check out our little workshop with our speak. It'll be. Uh, it'll be nice. It'll be good. Nice introduction to these these plants. Cool. <sighs> well, super grateful for you coming on the show and uh, and for all the just bold courage you've had to jump into this topic so that you can really embody it and, sh and share it with the world. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, don't be afraid of these plants. Be afraid, but not that afraid. Be, be, be cautious, aware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thanks so much, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Bye. All the roads are winding. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the Poison Plant Medicine and sign up at earthspeak.love. And I also invite you to join the collective membership where you will connect with magical friends and you'll have support and accountability for your personal practices and you'll open up your intuitive senses. In the Earthspeak Collective, we are having live calls every week, multiple times per week. You're all optional, of course. You know, It's not something else to add to your to-do list, but rather a place to come and have space held for you so that you can come back to your center and really have an energetic reset to go on with the rest of your week to really be in your magic when you join the collective you'll get access to all of the earth speak workshops it's outrageous but it's true and you can learn more and join at earthspeak.love collective it's totally affordable we wanted it to be something that would just be a really easy way for people to connect with other like-hearted folks and develop their skills practice their magic learn something new and share to others who might like to know what you know too. So earthspeak.love slash collective. I'll see you there. Release and take the